Hey, I'm Ken. I'm the pastor here at FBC Lantana. And whether you join us for church online live with us this morning or whether you're watching on demand and watching this video later, I just want to say thank you for joining us and making us a part of your day. You know, and, and whether you're watching us live or on demand, I just want to say make sure this doesn't replace you being connected to a local church. You know, where you can work on your relationship with Jesus and with others. And I know you may not live in our area, so you can't make us your church as much as we would love it. Uh, make sure you get connected to a local church somewhere. And I hope this sermon is a blessing to you and that it encourages you and strengthens your walk with Jesus. Good morning. Super Bowl Sunday. Wow. And the only Cincinnati Bengals fan we had in the house left the building. Uh-uh. Okay. So, so real quick, you know, it's Super Bowl. I know we got some people. So, so let's take a survey real quick. And if you joined us for church online, make sure you join us for this. If you're rooting for Cincinnati Bengals, raise your hand. Wow, I got some double hands. Okay. All right. And if, you, if you're rooting for the Bengals with Church Online, put Bengals in the comment field. Now, how many people are rooting for the Rams? What? All right, I'm raising my hand just so y'all know. <laughs> how many of y'all... Don't care. <laughs> there we go. That's what I thought it was. You see, with the Super Bowl, we all have different reasons, you know. I don't have a dog in the fight. I'm a cowboy fan, okay? I ain't had a dog in the fight for a long time. <laughs> so, but each of us have different reasons. Think about it. Some of us, it's all about the food. It's all about the food. It's all about the fellowship, the time with friends. And, and they actually say Super Bowl Sunday is the second biggest day of the year for eating. Of course, Thanksgiving's the first. But you think about Super Bowl Sunday, what do you do? You, you start with the pregame. You know, you start eating and whether you're smoking something or cooking something, whatever it is, you know, everyone comes over and you start having food. Well, then the game starts, and, you know, the game's three, three and a half hours long, and what are you doing for that whole three, three and a half hours? You're eating snacks. So you're actually consuming. It's the second largest day of the year for consuming food other than Thanksgiving. And it's a lot less healthier than Thanksgiving if you think about it. Now, of course, some of us, so it's about the food. Some it's about who's going to win, who's going to lose. But for some of us, it's all about the commercials. It's all about the commercials. And if you think about it, there are companies out there today who spent between six and a half to seven million dollars for a 30 second advertisement. Think about that. Six and a half to seven million dollars for a 30 second 
advertisement to get their brand out in front of as many consumers as possible. To get their brand out there for people to see it. And I think it's fitting that today on Super Bowl Sunday, we're starting a new series called Rebrand. Refocus our mission and our purpose. And branding's a big thing. If people are going to pay that much money for a 30-second ad, and unfortunately, we all know companies by their logo or by their brand. We know it. It just... We can literally see a picture of it and know what it is. And we'll believe and prove it. And if you want, if you've joined us for church online, make sure you put your answers in the comment field. So to prove it, we're going to show some brands or logos, and y'all tell me what it is. Ready? Give me the first one. Shell. Shell. Okay, so all of us know that one. Give me the second one. Amazon, that's my favorite right there, just so you know. I'm an Amazon guy. <laughs> Give me the next one. Pringles, my favorite snack. See, so you see this routine going here. You know, my favorite place to shop, my favorite snack. Give me the next one. Taco Bell. Taco, Bell. Taco Tuesday. All right, and finally, the very last one. Chick-fil-A. See, now isn't it interesting? All of us know Chick-fil-A, right? Now, what is even more interesting is y'all sitting there thinking, man, Chick-fil-A sounds so good. And then you remember it's Sunday, and they're not open today. Now you're like, Pastor, why'd you show me Chick-fil-A and they're not open today? But we know people and we know companies by their brands. We know what they're all about. And brands... You know, there are companies who try and get their brand out there in front of everybody. And if you remember not too long ago, we had the great spicy chicken debacle. Who's got the best chicken sandwich? And it got so bad that Popeye's actually had fights in their parking lots and inside the restaurants because they actually ran out of chicken. They're known for chicken and they ran out of chicken. You know, and but it's all about this branding. And unfortunately, branding has turned churches into competing businesses. Churches will actually compete against each other because of the brand that they have or what they think they are. And much like we're going to see today with the division that was in the church of Corinth. So we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 today, verses 10 through 17. And what we're going to find out is that branding isn't new. Although we may think of branding as something new because of technology and it's all in front of our face, branding has been going on for a long time. And we even see it in the church in Corinth. And just to give you an idea, the brand of Christianity, what Christianity is known for, isn't really a good thing. And most Christians and most skeptics will say, they have a problem with the brand of Christianity. And even the Barna Group did a survey, and they found out that 38% of Americans between the ages of 16 and 29 say they had a bad impression of Christianity. Now, that's pretty sad, isn't it? So, so we've got a brand problem in Christianity. It went on to say Americans are attending church less 
and more people are experiencing and practicing their faith outside of its four walls. They're not coming inside a church. They're practicing it outside. And you really think about this, if you add to this the, the broader secular, secularizing trend of the American culture and antagonism towards the Christian faith, it makes sense that we would have a brand problem. And in, in most of us, even as being Christians, if I said, what are Christians known for to the outside world, what would most of us say? Huh? Judgment. We're judgy. Hypocrites. We look down on people. That's a brand problem, isn't it? Because what are we called to do? We're called to love one another. We're called to love one another the way Jesus loved us. The way Jesus loved us. He sacrificed, he gave his life for us. And that's how we're supposed to be for others. So you see, we, we do have a branding problem. And in this scripture, what we're going to find out is in the scripture, the apostle Paul's addressing the church in Corinth over some divisions over teachers. He's looking at just the teachers, but I think as we dig into it, we're going to find out there's more than just this division of looking at teachers. And hopefully the one thing I want us to get this week is that our allegiance should be to Christ and his global church, not simply our specific traditions or our leaders. So again, if you got your Bible, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 through 17. And as always, the scripture will be here on the screen. If you join us for church online, you'll see it, see it on the side of the screen there. <clears throat> so let's go ahead and dig into God's word. 1 Corinthians 1, 10 through 17. Now I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree in what you say, that there be no divisions among you, and that you be united with the same understanding and the same conviction. For it has been reported to me about you, my brothers and sisters, by members of Chloe's people, that there is rivalry among you. What I am saying is this. One says, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in Paul's name? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one can say you were baptized in my name. I did, in fact, baptize the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I don't recall if I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with eloquent wisdom, so that the cross of Christ will not be emptied to of its effect. Heavenly Father, as we dig into your word today, Lord, we ask that you open up our eyes that we may see what it is you want us to see. Open our ears that we may hear your voice. And Lord, may my words be yours and may your name be glorified. We make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So one of the first things we, we see and we should understand is that division in the church prevents its faithful witness to the world. If there's division inside a church and there's, you know, not everyone's on the same page, not thinking the same thing, it actually makes our witness in the world look a little different. 
You look at Christianity today. Look at different denominations. Do people call us the body of Christ? Not really. It's more about, oh, this is what the Catholics do, this is what the Lutherans do, this is what the Episcopals do. Well, you know, we're the Baptists, so, you know, we're saying what's right and they're saying what's wrong. So, so instead of, in, in, so what happens is even within the body of Christ, the division hurts our witness to the world. It, it hurts what we're doing in the world. And verse 12 shows us what the divisions were about here. And not only did uh, the church in Corinth have a branding problem, but they also had the same problem that largely affects us today. They had division, they had pride, and they had dissension over non-essentials. And boy, we can get caught on non-essentials, can't we? We get so caught up on non-essentials in this life and inside churches, and instead of majoring on the majors and minor on the minors, we will major on the minors, which makes no sense whatsoever. You know, and in verse Paul, in verse 12, Paul actually gives these four groups. And he says, you know, what I am saying is this. One of you says, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Now understand, Cephas is, is also Peter. You know, some of your versions may actually say Peter instead of Cephas. And, and you would think the last one would be right. I'm aligned with Christ. So, so you would think that would be the right answer. But ultimately what's happening here is because pride came in and what they're doing is they're attaching themselves to a teacher. They're attaching themselves to, well, I follow Paul. And so even the ones saying that I follow Christ are having that same prideful effect. And it's kind of like trying to make themselves feel better. You know, you, you, you think about, you know, they're aligning themselves with these different teachers and it's really not wrong to like different pastors. It's not wrong to listen to different pastors. I mean, I do. I listen. I love listening to Dr. David Jeremiah. I love Matt Chandler, Kyle Eidelman. You know, I enjoy listening to, to them preach. I enjoy reading their books. And there's really nothing wrong with that. But there is something wrong with it when they become that idol in your life. When they become the only thing you're thinking about, and if you honestly believe that what they say is the only thing that's right. And unfortunately, we get caught up with that in our life. And I think, you know, when we look at what's happening in Corinth, I think it's more than just following a pastor. Because of the fact that it was happening in the church and the Apostle Paul has to address it, I think there's a lot more to it than them just saying, I follow Paul or I follow Apollo, Apollos or I follow this person. And I think the first thing we see is they had an identification problem. They had an identification problem. Their entire identification was based on what pastor or what preacher they were following. And let me explain. Let me explain this a little bit. In the city of Corinth back in that time, if you, if you do any history on it, you'll find out what they did is they, they always connected themselves with an authority figure. Whether it was an authority figure, a, one of the uh, pastors, or, or an organization there, what they did is they connected themselves with that. 
So that's their identity came and they could actually look down on others because, well, well, I'm affiliated with this public figure. And because I'm affiliated with them, I'm above you and, and I'm better than you. Now, does this still go on today? Yeah, it, it definitely goes on today. You think about it, we, we get so caught up identifying with a person. We even get identified identify with schools. You know, what school did you go to? Now, of course, every one of us could sit there and think of the rivalry growing up. Or even nowadays, oh, you went to UCF? Well, I went to Miami. Oh, you, you, you went to you know, USF? I went to Harvard. Gators. Ugh. <laughs> I, I went to the U. No, sorry. <laughs> but we, we get affiliated, and it is, it's about being better. Like my, my brother over there, Alabama, Roll Tide. We can't say much about it. <laughs> We're kind of stuck. But unfortunately, what you see is people do it to get this authority to hold themselves at a higher esteem than somebody else. You know, and, and even today we get caught up with different ide ideologies, you know, and, and look at what's happening in the culture today. People are aligning themselves with different organizations, different uh, political factions, whatever it is. Basically, whatever's the most woke. Whatever's the most woke is who someone wants to apply themselves and get to know, because ultimately, if you don't agree with us, you're the problem. Now, of course, I'm not going to dig too much into that, because Lord knows I could go forever. Uh, but it is, it's, it's about who's the most woke, and, and consider the concept of if we align ourselves with teachers, if we align ourselves with schools, political parties, ideologies, etc., it's quite often to make ourselves look better than somebody else. And that's what we see happening in Corinth. It even happens in the world today. It happens within the church. For those in the recovery community, identity is everything. Identity is what they identify themselves as when they get into a group. I'm an alcoholic. I'm a drug abuser. I'm a heroin addict. I'm codependent. And it becomes their identity while they're in that group. And a lot of times they get in this group and they grab onto an identity that's really not theirs. And you got to let it go. How about the identity of churches? We're the young hip church. That's the old church. You see it within churches, especially because of denominations. But we're all the body of Christ. And we need to start acting like we're the body of Christ. None of us is better than the other. All of us are sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. But yet, we'll claim to be better. The Bible says Jew and Gentile. It doesn't say Catholic. It doesn't say Southern Baptist. It doesn't say Reformed Baptist. It doesn't say Lutheran. The only Baptist we see in the Bible is John the Baptist. So if we're claiming that we baptized Jesus, I think we got a problem. <laughs> but we'll get caught up on identity. 
People with inside the church will get caught up on identities on what they do. They'll do something within the church and it becomes their identity. And if their identity is taken away, they don't know what to do. And ultimately in our life, we will do upgrades in our own life. Does anyone here have a rotary phone still in their house? No? Some people are like, what's a rotary phone? We'll update to the latest smartphone. Most of us, our phones aren't more than seven years old. We update our vehicles. We'll update things in our house. But man, don't change the color of the carpet. How many churches have you heard fight about the color of carpet? It's a non-essential. It's a non-essential, but people will take sides and have their identity on something other than what our identity should be on. And it causes that division. It causes division. It, you see it cause division inside the church in Corinth. You see in the world today picking sides, choosing, I'm going to follow this workout plan or this diet plan, or I'm going to follow this politician or this person. All it does is cause division. Division and dissension, and then people believe that they're standing on higher ground than somebody else. We need to remember we're Christ followers. We follow Jesus Christ. That is our follower. And I think what happens is, is when we have this dissension, you can't have peace. And if you can't have peace, what happens? No peace, no God. You've got to have peace in order to have God. We don't have peace, we don't have God. I want to dig into a little bit what they were saying. You know, some of you might say, well, they were just saying they follow this guy or this guy. Well, I follow this pastor. Well, think about this. The ones who said, I follow Paul. I follow Paul. Guess what? Paul planted this church. Paul planted this church in Corinth. He was the first one who came to us. He's the one who taught us beginning. So that's why I follow Paul. Then you got the ones for Apollos. Well, I follow Apollos because if it wasn't for him, this church wouldn't be here because Paul wasn't an eloquent speaker and Apollos speaks very well. And it actually does say that in the book of Acts that Apollos was an eloquent speaker. How about, well, I follow Cephas. I follow Peter. Remember, he was one of the 12 disciples. He was with Jesus. And then the last one's, I follow Christ. You can have your leaders, but I follow Jesus. And it's all about getting someone to like they're higher than someone else. It's not about liking a preacher. It's not about liking a teacher. It's about being better than the next guy by their association. And that's exactly what we see them doing. And it's exactly what we end up doing today. And understand that when that pride comes in, peace goes out. Let me say that again. When pride comes in, peace goes out. And, and, and with pride comes division. With pride comes problems. With pride becomes people fighting and you get different factions within organizations, even inside the church. And divisions were an issue then. And there's still an issue today in the body of Christ. Still an issue today. Because some people want to be the eye, some people want to be a foot. 
We're all the body of Christ. None of us are better than anybody else. And I think we really need to get rid of that identification. Identification gets us in trouble. If we're going to identify with anyone at all, I think we need to go back and, and look at how Paul began to address all this. And in verse 10, he said this, Now I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree in what you say, that there be no division among you, and that you be united with the same understanding and same conviction. Starts out brothers and sisters. Remember last week, Ananias came to Paul and called him brother? That family term? Well, now we see Paul coming to the Corinthians who were fighting and arguing against, with each other, causing division in the church, and he makes it about family. Brothers and sisters. So what he's doing is he's telling them, hey, you're not my student. You're not my subject. You're family. You're my family, and I want to talk to you as family. He goes on and says, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Not only does he say his name, he says his title. Because we know Jesus is what? Jesus is Lord over our life. And it's a whole lot different saying I follow Jesus compared to I'm going to follow our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the Alpha Omega, the beginning and the end. He is everything. He is our peacekeeper. He's our peacemaker. He is the one that allows us to walk into the throne room of God because of who he is. And that's who we should identify with. That's who our identity should come through is our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's exactly what Paul's saying to them here. He wanted them to identify with who Jesus is. With who Jesus really is. And he wants them saying the same thing. Being on the same page. You think about it, if people are divided, what do they do? They've got difference. They're saying different things. They're doing different things. They're going in different directions. If we all follow Jesus and his word, which way will we be going? The way he wants us to go. We will be going the way he wants us to go instead of the way we want us to go. And understand, he's the one who gives us that grace. He's the one who gives us peace. And if there's no peace, there's no God. If there's no peace, there's no God. So if you've got no peace in your life and you're stuck with some identity of something in your life, maybe it's time to let it go. Let it go and say, I am a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ and I'm going to do what he says. I'm going to get up, I'm going to dig into his word, and I'm going to hear his voice. Because that's what we're called to do. And if we do that, guess what? We will be on the same page. We will be doing the same thing. We will be talking the same thing, moving in the same direction. It's the right place to be in everything we do. He then goes on, he starts talking, asking these questions. Is Christ divided? Think about this. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you or were you baptized in Paul's name? Is Christ divided? No. 
Do we get like a little portion, each of us get a little portion of Jesus? Because if he was divided, he'd be separated out, right? So has anyone in here got more Jesus than somebody else? No? Does anyone have more salvation than somebody else? I like that. <laughs> but unfortunately, although each one of us said no, if pride steps in and you start to identify differently, would you think you got more Jesus than somebody else? Yeah. And this is what we're talking about, and this is what I'm talking about today, is that identification, knowing that Jesus ain't divided. Every one of us has the same amount of Jesus in us. Every one of us has the same amount of salvation if we've accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We're all the same. But yet, they'll get puffed up, and people will get puffed up with this identity and if Christ wasn't divided and we're followers of Jesus, should we ever be divided? No. Unless you're the only Rams fan in the house. <laughs> yes, I'm, you, were, you weren't here. I'm rooting for the Rams today, just so you know. Okay. <laughs> you know, all, all of us as believers have Christ dwelling in us. We all have received salvation and we've got it all. Each one of us has access to the Holy Spirit to guide us in our lives. But the problem is we need to get focused. And if anything, our identification needs to get back to be about Jesus and his word. Not everything else. And if our focus is Jesus and his word, guess what? We will do what his word calls us to do. We will feed the hungry. We will clothe the naked. We will take care of orphans and widows. We will show love to one another the way he loved us. And we'll go in the same direction. But as soon as someone starts identifying with something else, it causes a problem. So I just urge you, if you're identifying with something else, again, start identifying with our creator, with who he is and what he's done for us. Because that's what we're called to do. And as I said at the beginning, our allegiance should be to Christ. Our allegiance should be to Christ and his global church, not just specific traditions or teachers. Because, man, we can get so caught up on that's how it's always been. We can get so caught up on traditions within inside the church that aren't inside God's word. And we've all done it. We'll hold on to something so tight that makes no sense whatsoever. It's a non-essential. It's something that shouldn't even be held on to. But man, we'll hold on to it. Because we've identified with it and we'll hold on to it so tightly that our hands, we can't even feel them because we're holding on so tight. Let go and let God. We know the church has a branding problem. Does it mean as a church we need to rebrand? I don't think so. I think as a church what we need to do is get back to the basics. And as we look at what we're doing, what the church in Corinth was doing, and I'd encourage you, this was only the beginning of what the Apostle Paul talked to them about. Read 1 Corinthians. 
and read everything else that he received a letter about that they were doing wrong. And then think about the church of today. Because we're doing the same thing. And instead of rebranding, I think what we need to do is look at the church in the book of Acts, the original church, and what they did, and how they lived their life, and how they treated other people. And I think that's just what we need to get back to. As we refocus our mission and our purpose, instead of rebranding the church, let's go back to what the church was. The early church, before we started having traditions, before we started saying this is how it's always been done. Let's go back to exactly before we messed it up. So the next four weeks of this series, we're going to spend the time in the book of Acts looking at the early church. And hopefully by the end of this, we can get back to the basics and be a church that loves and follows our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and you say, Pastor, well, I don't know Jesus. Well, today is the day of salvation, and you can be right here with us. You can identify as G- with Jesus being your personal Lord and Savior. And if you're waiting to get it together, even if you joined us for church online, and you say, well, Pastor, I'm not quite there yet. I, I got to fix these things in my life. God's word says we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. So you're not going to get it right. And even after accepting Jesus, guess what? You're still going to mess up. Each one of us do because we fall short. But when you make him the Lord of your life, you can start identifying with him and his word. And God's word says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Then you're part of the family. You're a brother or sister in Christ. You're no different than us. We're all the same and we should all be focused on the same thing. And maybe you find yourself caught in this identity but this is who I am. You know, for the men in the house, one of the first questions generally asked when two men meet each other is, what do you do for a living? Because we identify with our jobs and we are identified by our jobs. And then we start just hanging out with people who do the same job as us. And then it becomes clicky. And there's many churches that separate because of cliques instead of us being family like we should be. So maybe you're struggling with your identity on on who you're following or what you're following and maybe you just need to come up here to the altar and say, God, I want to identify with you, with our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not going to be identified as this Or this, I want to be identified with you. And not in a prideful way. He he was our servant, our Lord. He died on a cross for us. 
let's give it back to him. Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we thank you. We thank you for who we are. And Lord, that we can have identification in you. Lord, that we don't need to follow men because Lord, we're all messed up and jacked up. We need to follow you. Lord, we don't need to follow, you know, this school or this hurt or this hang up or this habit. We don't need to follow this politician. We don't need to follow the, whatever it is that we're following and we're identifying with, Lord. We need to follow and identify with you. And Lord, I ask you that you, you touch those who hear my voice, Lord, that they will truly identify with you and nothing else. Because our identity should be found in you. And Lord, if anyone's struggling with their identity because they thought it was something else, convict them today, Lord, that their focus and their identity will be in you and in you alone. And Lord, if someone don't know you, I ask that they make that move to come to know you today. Whether they're in this room or online, that they'll accept you as their personal Lord and Savior today. And Lord, we love you, we honor you, we praise you, and we seek you for everything we do as we make this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And, and, and if, if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to go ahead, go to our website and, and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. And you can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give, um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church, and especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And, and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com, and on the very front page, you say, give my life to Jesus. Click on there, and at the bottom of there, there's some links and some good information for you. And just wanted to say, welcome to the family.